Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. What's going on, Anthony? Nothing much, David. Just ready to talk about some basketball and two pretty important Heat wins, although it's still early in the season. They were pretty big. Yeah, I can't remember the last time we had an episode that like was basically 100% basketball. Um, and that's what we're going to be doing today, pretty much. Um, obviously, there's still, um, you know, COVID stuff affecting this team with, with Jimmy Butler and uh, Avery Bradley being out because of the league's health and safety protocols, but there's not really anything new there. So we can really just talk about what we saw in the last week. And last time we recorded, I think it was after that first Philly game, which was, at the time, I think, like, the most fun game that he had played all season. Then, obviously, a couple of nights later, they lose uh, ugly but excusably to um, Philly with still only eight guys available. And then Saturday, I would say, was kind of the low point of the year so far, um, basketball-wise. Saturday was the low point of the year, I would say, the 20-point loss to Detroit, who I think still has the worst record in the league, certainly did at the time. Um, obviously at that point they were still missing Jimmy, still missing Avery, still missing Tyler Hero. Um, but then they come back with two pretty good wins. You know, that Detroit game was really ugly in the first quarter, but ended up being a, you know, a solid win. They led for basically the entire fourth quarter, I think. Um, and then, uh, Wednesday, we're recording this Thursday morning, that win against Toronto is, I, I think, certainly their best win of the year so far. And we're going to play a little game of buy or sell. That sound good to you, Anthony? Yeah. To kind of run through a bunch of different topics. Let's start there. Do you buy or sell? That was the best win this team has had all year. Um, I sell only because that Milwaukee win, um, after they lost by like 47 or whatever it was. (laughs) That's true. That was a pretty big win considering the circumstances of losing by that many points a few nights before. That feels like a hundred years ago. Yeah, that's like a long time ago. Um, <laughs> but I do think this Toronto win was probably the second best. Can I say that? Yeah, I just I, I, this was this was a, a big win mm-hmm. um, just because a you know they're without Jimmy Tyler Avery and Myers, but also you need really to try to get two wins on this trip. And yeah. with when you're ending the trip against with two games against Brooklyn and you know KD and Kyrie and 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 James Harden, like, that's going to be really tough. So they needed to get at least one in Tampa. And, you know, to start the trip that way, that, that was, yeah, that was important. Yeah. Um, I think you're probably right that Milwaukee win is the best win of the year. But I think certainly this was kind of the most important. Because, you know, back then, what, that probably put the heat at, like, 3-3 three and three or something. Like, it was still really early. They were in that mode of, like, trading wins with losses. You know, they were still, like, obviously easing guys in. Like, Jimmy was kind of in and out of the lineup at that point. Um, And, obviously, this win comes after, you know, the last last week was basically the worst week the Heat has had since, um, I think there was a stretch maybe in in February uh, last season where they lost four in a row. Um, but obviously, that West Coast trip. That West Coast trip in February was right. I think with the trade deadline, right? 
Yeah. yeah. It was tough. That was a really bad trip for them. Yeah. And so this, I mean, this is obviously kind of similar because I think one of those losses, they were really shorthanded because of the trade. And, and obviously those Philly, those were basically two predestined losses. But then just the Detroit loss was, I mean, that's as bad as it gets, basically. <laughs> like, you know, they had, they had some bad losses at times last year, but I don't know if they ever had something quite so bad where, where they were already kind of reeling. Um, and then, you know, you bounce back with Detroit. Like I said, that's just like you're supposed to win that game. Um, but at Toronto, I mean, they looked good, right? It was like kind of the first time in a while that they had like put together really good long stretches of basketball. Like even in that Detroit game, what, they were down 19 in the first quarter. You know, they, they finally kind of looked like they had their, their flow back a little bit. And obviously things are going to change again whenever Jimmy Butler gets back, but um, you know, for the first, it's their first winning streak of the year. Like, there's there's just a lot of uh, stuff that finally like started to go right for them in um, Tampa. That I guess leads me to my next one. Uh, do you buy or sell that they've kind of figured things out in these last two games? Have they gotten out of their funk? Are they now ready to be maybe not bubble heat, but are they ready to be last season's heat again? No. I sell. Um, I, I, these two games have been encouraging, and they're important because they're wins, right? You, you want to stack as many wins as possible until Jimmy and Tyler get back. Um, and you just kind of need to stay afloat, really. You just can't start losing right. a bunch of games. And when they come back, you're, you know, 4-15 and 15 or something like that. Um, so these two wins are important for that reason. But, look, Detroit is, like you said, they're 3-11. and 11. Toronto, you know, I know we consider them a good team because they've been good for so long, but they're 5-9. and nine. Yeah. Um, and they did not look really good yesterday. No. Uh, so I, I think some of that is a product of kind of who they were playing. Um, but now their offense did look good. I mean, the Heat's offense did look good last night, and a lot of that was Kendrick Nunn, which I know we'll get to. Yeah. Um, and, and they just shot the ball really well. And, and you know, I, I wrote this yesterday in my in my takeaways uh, for the Raptors game. They've been a really efficient shooting – the Heat have been a really efficient shooting team all season. That hasn't been the issue. Right. Uh, I think they entered last night with like the third or fourth best shooting team shooting percentage in the NBA, uh, and that's without Jimmy for most of the season. Tyler now for missing three games and Bam missing two games and just a bunch of guys missing time. Um, the the issue has been getting shots up, yeah. avoiding turnovers and getting trying to get offensive rebounds. You know, at least a few to get some extra shots up. They they're averaging the lowest amount of uh, shot attempts in the league. So when they get shots up, they're an efficient shooting team. We saw that in Tampa last night. Um, the defense was good against Toronto, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, but Toronto just takes so many threes. That's like almost like just make or miss to a certain extent. I think last night they took how many? They took 49 threes. <laughs> they shot 32%. Um, so some of that is just like, you know, sometimes they're going to get hot and you, you live with it. And last night was not one of those nights. Yeah. So the wins were important, but I would not say that he figured it out yet. I'll say I buy that they've, like, gotten out of their funk. All right, I guess there's two different things. It's like one could you, you know, there's a difference between losing to Detroit and losing three in a row. Um, or, or, sorry, not doing that, not losing to Detroit, not having the losing streak, and then obviously just, like, being good. They're, they're at least, you know, they're, they're a team that at this point I expect them when Jimmy gets back, whenever that is, um, to be, like, in playoff position, which I don't know if I would have thought like three days ago and obviously they you know they got one more up over in tampa um that's you know not going to be an easy one and then two up in brooklyn this weekend um 
And then, yeah, obviously, uh, with, like, the COVID protocols, there's no, like, set timeline for guys to get back. But I would think they're probably hoping Jimmy gets back sometime next week or, you know, next weekend, basically. Um, So the schedule, as you mentioned, is tough. But, you know, like, after that Detroit game, the first one, like, you're expecting, like, how are they, you know, maybe they'll beat Detroit the second time. But then you're thinking there's no chance they could do anything up in Brooklyn uh, with those three guys, and and now, you know they've part of it is Kendrick Nunn, um, and the question obviously there is, is how sustainable is that going to be? But part of it is also you know Bam. I think um, more and more it feels like every game with with Jimmy out is just asserting himself a little bit more. Um, he wasn't great in the first half yesterday, but kind of took over in the fourth quarter. Um, you know Duncan has been just as good as he was last year probably even a little better. Um, and, you know, Goran, again, another guy who didn't necessarily have a great first half yesterday, but came came through in the end. And, and they've – they needed their, like, stars to kind of be playing like stars and even elevate themselves a little bit. And I think Bam ha- has certainly done that. Um, and then they've gotten those, those extra contributions where, like you said, that, you know, if this was the team the rest of the way, they're – probably like the seven seed in the east but um I, I think they could be like the seven seed in the east basically when, when jimmy is coming back which was a concern uh, a couple of days ago i think um yeah yeah you, you, you like i said you just you kind of just want to stay afloat until right. Guys get back, right and that's if you're around 500 when they when they return i mean i think yeah and for a little while they weren't staying afloat and, and they're, right. they're at least staying afloat now for sure i mean if, if, when you fall four and seven you could easily be five and you know, ten, yeah. you know, a week from then. So the fact they won two straight, that's yeah, that's encouraging. Uh huh. Um, speaking of Kendrick Nunn, do you buy or sell the Nunnasans? <laughs> I um, I, I, I buy it to a certain extent, but I also sell it. If that makes sense. Well, explain yourself, because uh, I'm sure you uh, can explain it. Yeah. So, I, I do think if he gets consistent minutes, um. He couldn't, you know, he's not going to go nine for 12 every night, but right. I do think he could average, you know, 14, 15 points a game on like 42% shooting, which is, you know, solid um, and useful for this team. But I just saw the fact that he's going to get those minutes consistently when they're at full strength. And I mean, the question is, will he ever be at full strength, right? I mean, maybe this is just. Right. It's this kind of season team. where yeah. you need a guy like that. But I just think, you know, and. Under normal circumstances, he probably would not play that much. And I don't think he's a guy that you can just put out there for seven minutes and expect him to produce. Like, I think he needs consistent run to find his rhythm because he is a rhythm scorer. And that's kind of what he does best is score. He's not like a guy who does little things, you know. So um, I, I buy that, you know, this is a good situation. Right now, this is good for him because he's getting 30-plus minutes a game. You buy that he's going to be good for this next week or whatever. Yeah, I, I sell that long-term this is um, – something that he could rely on. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Um, yeah, I've always kind of viewed him... Obviously, he finished his runner-up for Rookie of the Year last year. Like, he had that incredible story of being a guy who was undrafted and basically made the team on the last day of the preseason when he scored 40 in the preseason finale um, and then just, like, basically stayed hot for two months. Um, and, you know, then the shortened season, it basically let him win that award... But obviously he was older. He had, you know, he was more up and down. I think last season than, than you'd expect a guy who typically finishes his runner-up for that award to be. 
Um, and to me, I kind of always viewed him as like, he's not necessarily like the same kind of player because I think Kendrick's like a better shooter, but like kind of like a Jordan Clarkson type of guy. Like uh, he was always going to be like your eighth, ninth man who, for a good, if you're a good team, like your eighth, ninth man who, who if he's on a bad team would probably be scoring 18, 20 points a game. But for a team that views itself as a contender, as like a guy who maybe once a week or once every two weeks is going to come in because of foul trouble or because someone's hurt or um, you know because the offense is really struggling and show up. Um, and you know sometimes he's going to come in and it's going to be pretty ugly and you can just get you can just ditch him and shrink your rotation a little bit. But sometimes he's going to play like this and you know we know he obviously is a good shooter. He's got the pull-up game, the pull-up mid-range jumper that um, is kind of like a when-all-else-fails offensive solution that, you know, they kind of lack that in a lot of ways right now. With You know, that's kind of what Jimmy's there for usually. So I think you're right that for the next, let's let's say Jimmy's out for another 10 days or whatever, or a week or 10 days, like for that stretch, I think Kendrick is, you know, he'll probably have a dud in there just because he's, you know, guys at his level have duds sometimes. But... He's going to probably play those 20-plus. I think he would play like – I think he's averaging like 34 minutes a game in the last two when he's kind of gotten hot. Um, like, I buy that he can do that right now when the team needs him. And maybe even when Tyler Hero gets back, those numbers get cut down a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's – I think people were really out on him, right? It seemed like just kind of looking at Heat Twitter and obviously, you know, he was a – uh, DNP coaches decision three times like people were out on him a week two weeks ago and I, I don't think it was what, what what do they say it's never as bad as it seems it's never as good as it seems like that's kind of where I am with Kendrick where it's not as good as this right he's not going to average 24 points a game in 30 minutes a game like even if you even if he was on a bad team where he got to get that kind of playing time he, he would not look like this for a full season stretch but he's also not like He's not a bad NBA player. He's not a guy who, on most teams, he would not be a DNP coach's decision. Yeah, and one reason that's important is, it's like you said, a lot of people were out on him because he struggled so much over the past, whatever, six, seven months. Um, you know, his trade value. I mean, it's... Right, you know, yeah, yeah. Day, like, that's... The fact that he's playing well and producing right now, that only helps his trade value around the league. Obviously, he's not going to get you a whale or a big-name guy. But, but he's a piece that you throw in. He's a piece. Yeah, he's a piece. He's a guy that, you know, if you trade for him, you get his bird rights. You can match pretty much. He has a low cap hold, so you can match any. Uh, or he's a guy, when you make a trade, you feel like he's not just a wasted roster. Like, you know, like let's yeah. say that he traded Tyler Hero and, and Duncan. All of a sudden, Kendrick's got to play. Um, yeah, that's true. They have confidence in that he yeah. can be that scorer off the bench or even maybe starting. So yeah, I, I, I think that those are all I mean that's that's a good thing. You want all your guys to play well because, you know, that makes you better on the court and also gives you more assets um in deals. So I think Kendrick Nunn's latest what, what would you call it? What would you call it? The Nunnaissance. The Nunnaissance. I think the Nunnaissance is good for Miami all around right now. Um one last thing on Kendrick. Uh you asked uh, Spo about this last night, but his passing, it was good last night, five assists. Do you buy that? I do think, I mean, I, I you could just tell, I, mean, I know he had five turnovers as well. Yeah, I mean, um, everyone has turnovers but, in the NBA now. And everyone on the Heat has turnovers. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, it's like contagious almost. Um, but <laughs> I, you could just tell by watching him, like he was making really nice reads. There was one play that 
he had the shot. He kind of hesitated a little bit, so the defender came to him, and he just slow played it, and I think he passed to Duncan for an open three right Yeah, he would have never done that uh, last year. Yeah, that extra pass, yeah, that, that would have never happened. So you could just tell he's, he's the game has slowed down for him a little bit, and that's important for him because he can't just be a scorer um, because he's not, you know, he's not an elite scorer, so you can't just rely on that all the mm-hmm. time. Um, the fact that he could pass and playmate, that adds another dimension to his game. All right. Um, I touched on it earlier, but the the Bam, I think assertiveness has has kind of shown up. I think the last couple of games, and you know, it's it's been. I think he's been more assertive all year this year than obviously he was last year, and a lot of that's just because Jimmy is out. But the big story of the last week has been his shooting. Do you buy him as one of the best mid range shooters in the NBA? Which is what the stats? I mean, he was. I think he struggled last night, so I don't know where he sits right now, but. Entering last night, he was among the league leaders in that range. Yeah, no, I mean, I do think, you know, I, I can't argue he's not, he's one of the, he's, like you said, the stats say he's one of the best mid-range shooters in the league. Um, and his shot looks fluid. Um, it is a really big jump for a guy who shot, whatever, 20-something percent from the mid-range last season, but he... Which I, I, I honestly couldn't believe that. Like, it always felt like he was pretty good hitting those last year, but you remember the makes, I guess, when, like, he doesn't do it that often. Yeah, he is. He didn't shoot it as often as he's doing right now. He's still he's he's still fifty percent on mid range according to the NBA tracking stats. Eighteen of thirty six. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, if he could stay at that number, he'd be probably the best mid range shooter in the league. Yeah. Um, everyone keeps saying it's Kevin Garnett esque, and it kind of is like the way he's using that jab. Yeah, I mean the form. I don't remember. I wish I remember who tweeted out like a picture of basically them side by side, like trying to make it look like you know one of those like it's like a faded, like trying to make it look like he's the reincarnation of KG, and their jumpers like look similar. Yeah, he has like that high release. Yeah. and I know he he's Kevin Garnett's like a guy. He always says that he's trying to model his game around like yeah. he like loves Kevin Garnett. He grew up watching him, so I guess it shouldn't be that big of a surprise, but. Just the fact of how efficient he's become offensively. Um, I was talking to you deep before the season for something unrelated, and he said, Bam couldn't even catch as a rookie. <laughs> like, he just couldn't even catch the ball. Like, he could, he, 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 he was so uncoordinated. And, like, just in a matter of three or four years, for him to come this far where he's one of the most skilled big men in the league and one of the best passers, and now he's incorporated a really efficient mid-range shot. He won last year the, the skills challenge. Like, yeah. That's nuts, like, how far he's come. And I, I think that's what makes Bam and about such an intriguing player is that he's grown at such a rapid rate that you're like, what can he be in, like, two years, you know? Because he's still getting better. I mean, he's he's obviously better this season than he was even last year um, offensively. So, um, yeah, that's – yeah, it's been a slow start, whatever, six and seven. But the fact that Bam's looked so good and he's still ascending, yeah, um, that's a really, really good thing. Uh, for the heat. Yeah. So so I don't buy that he's going to shoot 50% there for the whole year. Um although maybe like once Jimmy gets back and he just like kind of gets to get even more open looks like you know cuz he's making tough contested shots right there too right now. Um yeah. and he's doing a lot of the like pull up mid-range stuff. That's kind of what's craziest to me is like you know it's not he's he's not like David West just like catching at the elbow and like hitting an open shot like he's taking a guy off the dribble, stopping at the elbow, pulling up, and hitting a tough shot. Um, that's not going to be the whole thing for it. Like, just, he's not going to do that at this level all year. I'd be shocked. 
Um, I also worry it does feel like he's kind of settling for it a little bit. I know it's obviously an easier shot to get than getting all the way to the rim, and without, especially without Jimmy, like teams are really focusing on him on defense, um, which is part of what makes it such a valuable weapon right now. Is when you know he is the driver of the offense right now in a way he's never really been for the Heat, and that is just like an easy shot to get. It's not an easy shot to make, but it's an easy shot to get relative to his usual getting to the rim and like like some of the stuff we saw him do in the in the playoffs in that Celtics series where he was getting all the way to the rim and dunking on guys. Um, the most encouraging thing though is something you alluded to where it's like, you know, you always heard about how LeBron would add something every offseason, right? Like, you know, he would add a three point shot or, you know, he would add a mid range jumper. Um, you hear about it with all, you know, Kobe, you heard about it all the time. Um, Michael Jordan, you know, added the post game as his career went on. Um, I mean, Bam is very clearly doing that where he now, you know, last off season, he basically got point guard skills. Um, and now this off season, and it was a really short off season, um, he figured out his jumper and, you know, they had him shoot a technical free throw last night. Like he's really comfortable in that range. Um, and as you, I think you wrote about it this week, right? That you can, the, the free throw shooting is always a good place to look to figure out are guys actually like improving their form? Are they improving their shot? And the leap he has taken there, where he was, you know, not great at it last year to, to being really good so far this season, to the point, like I said, he, he shot a technical free throw last night, um, is a good indication that like, there is real improvement there. It's not just like he's taking more of those. It's not just a confidence thing. He, he's legitimately improving in that area. Um, and it should be somewhat sustainable, I would think. Yeah, I think the free throw thing is huge. And we saw this version of Bam in the playoffs. That's kind of like the leap he took in the postseason. Right. Um, when he was drawing so many free throws and all, and all of a sudden making so many free throws. Um, and he even incorporated the mid-range in the playoffs. Uh, but the fact that he's been able to continue that like, you know, really consistently to begin this season. That's a really good sign. And according to Cleaning the Glass, um, he's shooting 49% on mid-range. There's 1% difference in the NBA tracking stats. 56% on long mid-range shots, 18 of 32, which is 84, 84th percentile for guys at his position. And he's also been much more efficient at the rim, 80% uh, shooting at the rim, which is 91st percentile. Um, at his position. So you got all that up with the free throw shooting and shooting, you know, 80 plus percent um, for free throws. I mean, that's, he's been as efficient as anybody at his, really his position all season. Yeah, pretty much anyone other than Jokic and like Giannis. Like, yeah, other than that, right. And, and, And especially for a guy with a usage rate at his level, you know, like before last game, I think there was nobody in the league that had a better true shooting percentage with a, uh, usage rate of 24% or more. Um, so that kind of just shows you like the start that Bam has had offensively. It's been, I don't know if he can keep it up, um, but through the first, whatever, 11, 12 games, uh, he's been really, really good. Yeah, and theoretically he's not going to have to keep it up once Jimmy gets back and he gets to split some of those duties. But um, you know, as we talked about, the way that the Heat needed to tread water or, or do better than tread water without that was they needed those secondary guys to step up and we've obviously seen Kendrick Nunn do that. We've seen Kelly Olynyk do it. Um, I, don't, I don't know where you would kind of classify Duncan Robinson, but like we said, he's 
pretty much <laughs> replicating exactly what he did last season. Better. Uh, he's, he's, yeah. he's like 1% better. Yeah, he's like one, one point better, 1% better, one make better. He's just like slightly better across the board. Um, and then they needed the stars to like, you know, this is the first time in his career that Bam has basically like been the guy for a multi-game stretch. Uh, you know, Jimmy obviously missed time last year. We didn't quite, you know, particularly early in the year, but we didn't quite know what Bam was at that point. Um this is the first time in a, in a long time that he's gotten, you know, they're going into a game and he is option number one. And he has risen to that occasion. And they've needed that, obviously. Um, yeah, for sure. All right. A uh, couple more. Uh, first one, I touched on, like, Kelly Olenek and seen Max Struess play a little bit. Um, do you buy or sell, like, these – secondary guys. I guess we'll focus mostly on Kelly because I think he has been, he was kind of in the similar Kendrick camp where it was like he was kind of shaky early on. Um, I think people were wondering, like, is there a spot for him full-time in the rotation once they get back to full strength? Do you buy him as uh, a guy who's going to be a factor for this team the whole year? Kelly? I, 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 I do. Because I think he's a starter. Like I, yeah. I think he's going to be a long-term starter for this team, even when Jimmy and Tyler return. Um, that lineup was working pretty well. It's like the best starting lineup they've yeah. had in the, in the 10. They and they used 10 in 13 games, right? That's nuts. Yeah, they yeah. used 15 all of last season. Um, yeah, like uh, I, I think I think Kelly will be uh, a long-term factor. Um just because I think he's going to be a starter even when those guys come back. Yeah, to me he's like a guy who, again, he's going to have his off nights because he's a shooter, and he's not a Duncan Robinson. You know, he's a top 25 shooter in the league probably. He's not a top five shooter in the league. Those guys have off nights sometimes. And you're, you're basically playing the percentages long term by playing him. Like, you know, some nights he's going to stink, and it's like whatever because the next night he's going to be good. And, yeah, I, I think he's been – his probably behind Kendrick the last two games, and maybe behind Bam also, just like because every time he's on the court, he's basically the most important guy. Um, Kelly's kind of been that next most important guy to me, I think, just in he's given them stuff that easily they you know could not be getting right now. Um, last one before the Heat heads to Brooklyn. Buy or sell the Nets as the best team in the Eastern Conference? I know they lost last night in their first game with, with all three of those guys, yeah. but, um, I mean, you definitely saw the potential of what that trio can do. Um, I, I, I'm going to buy, but I'm hesitant. But I just I, I think that talent, like, it just that's it's undeniable. Like, those three guys offensively, in the playoffs and good luck stop yeah. them four to seven times but defensively there are clearly issues and yes. it's not just because oh they, they're just playing that a, fa- a, a fast style of basketball and you know they just rely on their offense no like they don't really have great defense right two of their three best players yeah. stink on defense right and they traded probably their best big man defender in jared allen yeah. um and karis Levert was a really good defender too so you know, defense is an issue. It's, it's going to be a problem, but I just think they're so good offensively. They'll just, I, I think they'll figure it out. And I think they have like two or three empty roster spots. So I even think Sean Mark said like the roster wasn't completed yet. So I'm sure they're going to add some defensive minded guys um, to help out with that. Um, so I'll buy it, but 
but I do think there are issues they need to need to work through. Yeah, I, I I basically since the moment that trade happened, kind of thought they were the best in the East, just on paper, and and obviously everyone knew it was going to take like some time. Yeah, you know, they're not the Warriors, they're not, and they're not on the level of like some of those recent. They're not the Heat, you know. They're they're not in that conversation. I don't think so. There there's going to be growing pains, but I mean that that's easily the best trio in the league. There's there's no one even in the conversation at this point. Um, and Durant is, you know, we've, we've seen the highs he can hit where he's basically just Kevin Durant still. And I, I don't doubt James Harden is a great regular season player at least. And, you know, Kyrie is going to be Kyrie, but, um, if he's your third best guy, you're in really good shape. Um, I think that's clearly the team that like, it's, it's the team that in the same way, like. And the Bucks weren't as good last year. Obviously, they didn't like work. I know the Nets aren't proven, but they have three guys basically who are proven. In the same way that everyone was kind of chasing the Bucks last year, and and you, you know, as you were kind of looking at the playoff picture, you were like, what do you do to beat the Bucks? And and everyone kind of felt like the Heat were so well positioned to do it. I feel like that's the team that you've got to be looking at this year. Is is how are we going to beat the Nets? Um, and obviously, they're going to get their first crack at trying to kind of solve it this weekend. Um, I got to feel it. It just feels like the Heat are going to win one of those games up there. Um, but I'm interested. It would just be a Heat thing. Yeah, it's just like classic Heat. Like Duncan goes for like 34 or something, and Bam locks down uh, KD in the final minutes or something. But like it just feels like they're going to win a game up there. But I'm just kind of interested to see um, – what that game looks like. You know, we've got a new contender that just we haven't seen. The, you know, everyone else is kind of familiar. You know, we know what the Heat look like when they match up against the Celtics. We know what the Heat look like when they match up against the Bucks. Obviously, we're seeing the Raptors again this week. Um, the Nets are a totally new uh, wrench in the equation, and it's going to take them some time to figure out what they want to do, but it's also going to take the, uh, the rest of the East some time to figure out how to play against them, and um, I, I'm interested to see what that game looks like. You know, it's two teams that uh, have had struggles defensively. Like, it could be a crazy high-scoring game. Um, it could be, you know, maybe the Heat, maybe that Bam, you know, we haven't really seen Bam guard KD as, like, a superstar that Bam yeah, is now. Interesting. Like, yeah. there, there's still a lot of... Uh, unknowns in that matchup that I think it's the most definitely feels like it's kind of the most exciting weekend of the heat season so far as we're, we're looking ahead to it. Yeah, it sucks that Jimmy is almost certainly not going to be playing, but um, I'm, I'm excited to see what this Nets team looks like as a group, especially because I didn't really get to watch them last night because the heat were playing. Yeah. I, and one, one thing before we go that I found interesting with the Nets is every big three, there's always like that one guy that, you know, okay, He's gonna to have to take up a backseat, right? You know, like whether it's Chris Bosh or Kevin Love or uh, Clay Thompson, I guess with Golden State. I mean, I don't know which guy that is in Brooklyn. It's like I, I, I could see all of them being like, no, I, I don't want to take a right. Well, it's interesting or... because, like, on paper, that guy is a lot of times. Well, a lot of times it's the big man, as, as you just hinted at with Bosh and Kevin Love, um, and a lot of times it's like the guy who can do the little things. Um, Particularly in Bosch's case, where he's like, he became a total grinder in a lot of ways. 
Um, and the only guy who has that profile uh, is Kevin Durant, and he is, I think, inarguably your best player. Right. So yeah, I, I, I think, honestly think Kevin Durant, if he's truly healthy, is probably the best player in the league, honestly. I know that's a yeah. controversial take. Well, I, th- I think it was, you know, before he got hurt, I think people yeah. were kind of in that mindset. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see how they navigate that, just because it is such an interesting trio, um, and so but all are so talented and really, I mean, not, I guess you can argue James and Kevin aren't in their primes. Uh, or, yeah, I guess James and Kevin aren't in their primes, but all three seem to be playing, like, still playing really, really good basketball. So yeah, good, good luck trying to find the answer to that question. Um, is there something in that matchup that, like, you're kind of thinking maybe the Heat are going to try or, or, like, kind of interested to see? I think for me it's what's Bam going to look like on KD. I'm sure he's going to be, like, you might not guard yeah. him the whole game, but, like, if they need stops down the stretch, he's going to be on him. Um, but is there anything you, some matchup there that you're you're curious to see how the Heat's going to handle it? Um, I mean, Bam and KD is the clear yeah. one. It, it thinks that Jimmy's not going to be available because I think he'd obviously be very useful in that matchup yeah. because of his defense and Avery Bradley as well. You know, guarding a guy like James Harden, um, that's going to hurt Miami because, I mean, who's going to guard? Who's gonna guard James Harden, Kyrie, if Bam is covering, if Bam is covering uh, KD? Yeah. Um, I'm guessing we'll see a lot of more heartless that game, <laughs> just for defensive purposes. Um, but it's gonna be a, a struggle, I think, defensively for Miami. The, you, we might see two three, a lot of two three zone uh, in those games. Yeah, it's kind of the same. We we talked about this so much in the playoffs last year that there was no team in the East that could really make the Heat's guards pay defensively. Um, because, you know, Kemba was, he was, well, he was hurt, I guess, in the playoffs and just, you know, wasn't great necessarily in that series. And, you know, most of the great guards either missed the playoffs, like Bradley Beal, or, or were in the West. Um, and now, you know, the Heat, or sorry, the Nets are, are kind of the team with that. They've got two of the, maybe the two best scoring guards in the league, two of the three, I guess, Steph Curry still, maybe two of the four with Beal. Um, like it's just a challenge that the Heat did not really have to face in the playoffs last year when they were playing their best basketball. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's going to be a problem for the Heat and for pretty much. Well, yeah, for everyone, after, but <laughs> for everybody, but yeah, no, I, it's the one weakness the Heat had last year that, that yeah. no one was able to really expose. Right, and Avery helps in that. Yes, but obviously, we're not going to see it this this weekend, probably. Right. That's why. That's why I think this, I mean, it is going to be an interesting matchup, but without Avery and Jimmy and if Tyler's not able to play, obviously, offensively, yeah, their Heat are missing just so much that they might just win one just because it's, like you said, it's classic Heat, but yeah. <laughs> it's going to be tough to even win one, I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think we can wrap up there. Um, I don't know. You got anything else before we finish? No, I think we're good. Cool. You can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, are you working on anything right now or, or just mid, middle of the season heat stuff? Middle of the season, day to day heat stuff. There's obviously a lot of yeah. things going on, um, whether it's, you know, one of these guys going to come back, Jimmy, Tyler, Avery, Myers, and, and just, you know, following the team during its road trip. It's a pretty important point, like we've yeah. been saying, just because they, they need to really stay around 500 um, and, and kind of, keep things going in the right direction until until they get, you know, players back. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Um, don't have too much to plug this week, so just uh, check out all the Miami Herald podcasts. Um, we've got uh, 
I'll be on the uh, our Miami football podcast, The Eye on the U, every Friday. We got the Greg Cody show with Greg Cody every Monday. Um, and you know, Dolphins in depth and and Fish Bites or our Marlins podcast are both still still going at it in their off seasons. Um, so yeah, thanks as always for listening, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you.